you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. everybody it's monday december 12th 2022 welcome to the nfl fantasy football show it's me your man mg marcus grant joined by michael f florio and the specialist casa dozens that i was put on this show every day and every week and that's it the fantasy regular season well it's not officially over there's still one more game to be played on monday night we've got the patriots and the cardinals and we'll dive into that a little bit but for all intents and purposes the fantasy playoffs are upon us how are we looking uh, in terms of uh, like leagues and playoff appearances and that whole thing? I so in like my six main leagues, I've made the playoffs in five of them, so mm-hmm. I'm feeling good about that. I lost to you in Fantasy Live, so my buy chances went went away there. I have two leagues that are coming down to points if I'm going to get the buy or not. So I need oh. James Conner and Mac Jones to each get less than 18 for different leagues to get a buy. So I had not done the permutations to see if I'm making the playoffs in the fantasy live league. I had to beat you. That was the first I think you, I think you got in. So I may, I may be in that. So, right. So that's it. Like, which, which means potentially that our defending champ Cynthia is out. Yeah. Not only do I think you got in, I think Cynthia is out, and I think me and you run it back again oh, so in the first to, round so of the playoffs. We get, we get to rematch it at the yeah, start of the I playoffs. Yeah, I think so. All right, well, that'll be interesting. I've been in a few other leagues as well, but uh, obviously for a lot of folks, it may come down to Monday night's game between New England and Arizona to determine whether or not you get into the playoffs. Of course, we'll have our biggest takeaways from the week. We'll have some waiver wire targets because that's going to be important for the folks that are in the playoffs. And... We're going to have our fantasy playoff ride or dies, the guys that are absolutely, we believe, going to carry you to a fantasy championship. But let's get started with some fantasy headlines. Big news out of San Francisco over the weekend. Debo Samuel left the game against the Buccaneers in the second quarter with what is believed to be a high ankle sprain. If confirmed via an MRI, Debo could miss four to six weeks. So, Florio, that means he is essentially done for fantasy, barring some sort of miracle. For the 49ers, it's good news that he could be back for a playoff run. But for the rest of this 49er offense, from a fantasy perspective, what does this mean not having Debo? I think it means that you could trust George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk a little bit more because we were saying on the podcast and and everywhere we were talking about it last week that like Debo and CMC were the two that we trusted and pre Debo getting injured. That was the 49ers offense. Like it was a ton of Debo both in the air and on the ground. Christian McCaffrey is Christian McCaffrey. He's going to do his thing. Uh, But after he left, I mean, we saw Kittle finish with five targets. Ayuk with three. It was a game they didn't have to throw a whole bunch, but I just... Mostly I feel better about Kittle because Ayuk is a bit boomer bust, I think, with Brock Purdy. But Kittle being a tight end, you probably still have to start him. And at least he gets a target boost here now. Yeah, it was interesting to watch early because the thing I believed, which is what it looked like, is that 
McCaffrey and Samuel were two guys that it's easy to scheme touches for. And that's what we saw a lot of. We saw runs, short passes to both of those guys. Now, unfortunately for Debo, he got hurt on a run up the middle, which I don't know if you saw Jerry, uh, Jerry Rice put something on Instagram saying, stop running our best players up the middle. <laughs> Jerry has seen enough after Trey Lance gets hurt, Garoppolo gets hurt, Debo gets hurt. Uh, Jerry Rice has spoken up and he has had enough. I know we'll talk about waiver wire guys a little bit later in this show. Um, Brock Purdy, any interest in Brock Purdy as a waiver quarterback? Yeah, so to give a sneak peek behind like the the Stardom Sidum article column, I I start writing it on Sunday night, mm -hmm. and uh, with it being the playoffs now, I'm gonna include like a little streamer for each position as well. Brock Purdy is the quarterback streamer this there week it because, is. and I write, I'm like, it's not even about Purdy, it's about everything around him it really is about everything around him but he's got a matchup with the Seahawks coming up yeah. on Thursday night which could be interesting for him as well especially after Sam Darnold had a pretty nice day against that Seattle defense Damian Pierce left Sunday's game against the Dallas Cowboys after suffering an ankle injury early in the fourth quarter Pierce was seen in a walking boot after the game so does this mean we turn our attention to Eno Benjamin now um, I wouldn't be bold enough to do it unless you're really in need of a streaming running back or something like that. Uh, like, Eno Benjamin is, is a type of player that should be getting run in a consolation bracket, not in, like, your actual league playoffs. <laughs> and, like, Damian Pierce, as good as he's been, his ceiling the last six weeks in this current uh, Texans offense is, like, 11, 12 fantasy points. So, I, I don't know. And then you look at their schedule, the Chiefs, the Titans, the Jaguars, like... I mean, two of those matchups are favorable, but like, do you really want to start Eno Benjamin in this offense with the play with your season on the line? I think the difference between the two of them really is sort of the talent profile because Pierce was a guy that that had that profile. He was sort of the you know the the scouting darling. He, he got a lot of attention uh, going through the draft process. Eno Benjamin has been a nice piece, but he's always been a complimentary piece wherever he was, and so the matchup might be great. But you're also talking about just a disparity in talent between Pierce and Benjamin. And when you're talking about an offense that's bad, that's probably going to be playing from behind. I know they were, they were leading. They had a really good chance to win that game, surprisingly. But generally speaking, the Texans are going to be playing from behind, which doesn't really seem to favor Benjamin when it comes to game scripts. Spoiler alert. They'll probably be playing from behind. They'll probably be the playing from behind again. I'm just against the Chiefs. I, I suspect that's <laughs> going to be happening this week. Uh, the... Broncos may have an issue at quarterback. Russell Wilson suffered a concussion against the Kansas City Chiefs in the fourth quarter on Sunday. Brett Rippon is the backup, and he is set to start should Russell not be cleared for Denver's Week 15 matchup against the Cardinals. Now, Jerry Judy had himself a day yesterday, a hat trick of touchdowns. Cortland Sutton will see what his status is after he missed this past week. How does this affect that Broncos passing game and those pass catchers if there is no Russell Wilson? It definitely hurts them, and I I think that's saying a lot given how Russ and, and that offense have played. It 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 was unfortunate because Russell Wilson was having one of his better games as a member of the Denver Broncos. It was cool that the fans still gave him an ovation as, as he left the field, even after what they've been through this season. That being said, I know it's a favorable matchup next week against the Cardinals. It's one of those things, again, that, like, it, unless I don't have other options, I don't really want to go down with my team with Jerry Judy catching the ball from Brett Ripon, Ripken uh, in, in the fantasy playoffs. That's the thing. And this was a week that I don't think anybody was really on Jerry Judy or really on any of the, the Broncos pass catchers just because the offense had been so bad. So for those of you who were in a situation where you started him, maybe you were forced to start him, congratulations. I don't know that I'm super excited about next week if it is Brett Ripon at quarterback 
We'll see. Now, of course, we'll monitor all week long and, and see what Wilson's progress is as he goes through the concussion protocol. But it looks bleak for an offense that's already been pretty bad this season. So those are some of the things we are anticipating during the week. Let's talk about some of the things that we figured out as we watched football on Sunday. Our five biggest takeaways. And for you, what's the first one? Zonovan Knight is officially the Jets RB1. And I know you could have been like, well, I thought we knew that the last couple of weeks. But it was there was always the caveat of like, until Michael Carter returns and then we're going to really see and well Michael Carter returned yesterday they split the snaps pretty evenly but Zonovan Knight had 17 carries and two targets compared to Michael Carter's five carries and six targets obviously Carter has a role in in the passing game but Zonovan Knight is going to get the bulk of the touches on the ground he's the back that they use in the red zone and near the goal line and he is a power runner like they found something here with him there was Multiple, you know, I'm a Bills fan. There was multiple times yesterday where I was like, how did four Bills touch this guy and he's still (laughs) running? Like, he's that good. So I I think Zonovan Knight, you could officially trust him moving forward even with Michael Carter back. It's going to be interesting in that backfield because my fear is that it turns into something of a committee that they at least, but hopefully it's a situation where we know what the roles are, that Carter is sort of the passing down back, Knight is the running back. At least that way we can sort of determine how we want to use these guys and and when we want to use them. Side note, what happens next year when Brees Hall is healthy and you've got potentially three running backs that you have to cycle through? I guess that's a good problem to have. It is a good problem to have, and it's one that we don't have to worry about until, like, (laughs) August, so let's not even bother with that. For me, Trevor Lawrence has arrived, and you can bring the rest of that Jaguars passing game with him, but he has been outstanding for the last few weeks. He's got 20 or more fantasy points in three of his last four games. You go back over his last five games, he's got 10 touchdowns, no interceptions. Now, mind you, that one to Zay Jones right there probably should have been picked (laughs) off, but it wasn't. That's the important part. But he's looking more and more like that quote, generational talent that we were expecting him to be. And it really is spreading around to all the rest of the Jaguars. When you see guys like Evan Ingram having huge days and Zay Jones having huge days to the point that, look, they didn't really get much out of Christian Kirk and they didn't really miss it. This is an offense that's getting really hard to defend because the quarterback is distributing the ball on time and accurately. And there's a lot of different places to go with it. So uh, Trevor Lawrence, Right now, I mean, he's he's a QB1 in terms of his statistics, and I think he's a QB1 going for the rest of the season. And originally, like, he, I was like, oh, next week against the Cowboys, that's probably a game I want to get away from. And then I'm like, I looked more into him, and I was like, he's playing so well right now that I cannot tell people to sit him even in what looks to be like a tough matchup. That's the thing. I mean, the schedule the rest of the way is not particularly favorable, but he's playing really, really well right now to the point that I can't even make him a sleeper anymore. He's just... He's just a guy that you and, probably want to start. And I think you just, like, you start Evan Ingram next week, I yeah. think. I, I'm planning on starting Zay Jones if I don't get the buy in a couple of leagues next week. Like, I, I, they're just rolling right now. They are absolutely rolling. Anything else that you learned from the weekend? J.K. Dobbins is back in our fantasy lives and our starting lineups. Like, yesterday, what he did was very impressive. He played only 43% of the snaps as they got Edwards and Kenyon Drake involved. But he had 15 carries, no targets. I wish he was more involved in the passing game. But he went for 120 yards and a touchdown. That's 18 fantasy points in all leagues. Standard, half point, it doesn't matter. Uh, And then next week... He gets the Cleveland Browns, who have been ran all over this season. Uh, we just saw Mixon and, and P. Ryan have a good game against them. Uh, I, I think J.K. Dobbins is someone that you can start in the fantasy playoffs, and I never would have thought I'd be saying that. It's weird because you know he came in, he, he kind of got off to a decent start, got hurt. We hadn't seen him for a while. Now he's back. 
And he looks like the J.K. Dobbins we've been waiting for to break out for a while. So that is definitely good to see. But while we're excited about J.K. Dobbins, we are less excited about Mark Andrews. Right now, he's a jag. He's just a guy, which is not what we were saying about him at the start of the year when he was still going neck and neck with Travis Kelsey. But really, since the injury, he just has not been great. You look over the last six games or so, no more, just just one game with more than four receptions, uh, no more than 63 yards in any one game. He hasn't scored a touchdown in quite a while. You see that, no touchdowns in six straight games, longest since he was a rookie in 2018. And when you throw in the fact that we're not certain about the Ravens quarterback situation, right? Well, we don't know if Lamar Jackson is going to play this week. Tyler Huntley left the game on Sunday with a concussion, so it might be down to Anthony Brown. It's at a point where it's hard to get away from Andrews because of the talent and the ceiling potentially is high, but it's also getting hard to just straight up say, yes, yeah, start the guy because the, the production hasn't been close to being there lately. Yeah, and, and for a while we were saying, like, well, tight end, there's two good ones. No, there's one consistent good one, and it's <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Like, Mark Andrews, I don't even think is the tight end two, like, I tweeted out yesterday, like, I think you could make a case that Dalton Schultz, you'd rather have him than Mark Andrews right now. And there's, like, Dallas Goddard's going to be coming back. You could make a case for him. Like, it, it's bad right now for Mark Andrews. Dalton Schultz, you mentioned Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. There are a handful of guys that you would start if you had them, could start over Mark Andrews at this point. But you do still have some tight end optimism, huh? I was going to say the one thing, good thing about Mark Andrews struggling is that we have some players ascending and making tight, the tight end position deeper. David Njoku had a really big game this week. He is someone that I think you can start with confidence moving forward. Evan Ingram continues to see big volume each week. I think right now you kind of just got to start Evan Ingram. And then Chig Okonkwo, who... Became a popular streamer as the week went on on fantasy Twitter. He came through with a touchdown. He, I would argue, outside of Traylon Burks, is the Titans' best big play threat. So he is always going to be in play as a streaming option now. For a little bit, it looked really bleak like tight end was going to give us maybe two good weekly options. But we're starting to see some of the depth guys come through and, and be able to trust them with more confidence. I will say, I think you're being sort of generous when you say getting deeper. I would tend to say tight end is just less bad than <laughs> That's it was before. probably the same. <laughs> it's, probably it's, fair. I mean. it's, it's less bad, but it's nice to have some guys that we feel like we can go to in and a lot of these guys are still widely available on waiver wires. I know Okonko was out there. I think Evan Ingram is still available in probably 60% of leagues, something like that. So take a look. If you need a tight end, at least go take a look because there's a chance that those guys could be available for you. Top performers for week 14, Trevor Lawrence had himself a day. Wow, I'm looking at this. There are four guys with 30-plus points. I don't know when the last time that has happened. It had to have been a while, but Trevor Lawrence with 33. Would you ever guess that Trevor Lawrence, Jarek McKinnon, and Evan Ingram would be three of the four? No, never, (laughs) ever, ever. 33.4 for Lawrence with the three passing touchdowns, also had a rushing score. Jarek McKinnon, 112 receiving yards, couple of receiving touchdowns, 32 points for him. Justin Jefferson, I mean, he's just doing Justin Jefferson things, 33.3. Evan Ingram, nearly 40 fantasy points, 11 catches, 162 yards, and two touchdowns. Kaimi Fairbairn, three uh, field goals that got you 15 points, and the Chiefs defense with 15 points. Probably could have been more, except they let their foot off the gas. They were up, what, 27 to nothing? And the Broncos came back and actually made that a game at one point. Yep. Mahomes. 
Turnover syndrome. He threw two picks yesterday. Yeah, it was it was it was nervous time for Kansas City after what looked like it was just going to be a blowout early on, but they let their foot off the gas and the Broncos came back. Let's talk about some of the top performers, though. A guy who wasn't on the list but had a good day nonetheless, Ezekiel Elliott. And I know we keep going around and round with the Cowboys backfield there, but 62 rushing yards, a touchdown, three catches as well, 17 fantasy points. I mean, I think we're at a point, though, where we're comfortable starting both of these Cowboys backs now, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. I, I think we've reached a point where, for me, like, yeah, Tony Pollard's an RB1 that you start each and every week. Since week seven, when he's been getting more involved, he's been a top 10 running back in all but two weeks. But Zeke Elliott is still plenty productive. Uh, and I, while I think he's more of an RB2, he doesn't have the same ceiling as Tony Pollard because there's not the big play there. I, I would argue that the floor is kind of safer because he is going to get his carries on the ground. He's the back that they're going to use near the goal line. You know, he can bottom out if he doesn't get a touchdown. But I, I'm with you. I think you start both of these backs moving forward. I feel like they have not only learned to coexist, I think they complement each other because mm -hmm. Zeke is not the explosive player Pollard is, but I also think Pollard is probably better in limited doses. We know he can get a lot of carries. We saw that when Zeke was hurt, but I think the Cowboys would prefer not to use him that way. DJ Chark, we, we've talked about the Lions receivers all week long. I mean, we know how good St. Brown is. You mentioned Jameson Williams, which, by the way, if you want to take that victory lap, please do. Uh, I, I was planning on doing so on Fantasy Live if they let me. Oh, but, uh, you should I, I'll celebrate it any way I can. Jameson Williams caught a long touchdown, and I don't know of anyone else who was really hyping him up. That was the bold prediction for the week, and it hit, it hit early, too. <laughs> Thank got, God. Got that out of the way early for him. But DJ Chark also had a pretty nice game. Six catches, 94 yards, and a touchdown. That's back-to-back -back games with 90-plus yards for DJ Chark. And this passing offense in Detroit is starting to get going. And Chark, right now, is looking like a really nice compliment to Amon Ross St. Brown there. Yeah, he is. And he is a receiver that, uh, at least until we see Jamison Williams really come in and start to play a bunch of snaps to kind of push Chark out. He is a good streaming option in the right matchup, which is exactly what he had last week. Unfortunately, he's probably going to get a lot of Sauce Gardner or DJ Reed next week against the Jets. On the road, I would look to avoid a lot of my lines next week. Yeah, it's going to be going to be a little bit of a different story. But the last two weeks, they've had good matchups, and they have absolutely exploited them. So if nothing else, DJ Chark should be added. Even if you're not starting him this week, he should be on rosters across fantasy. Marlon Mack. So, I, Bob Harris, who we all know, great, one of the, the smart, nicest guys in the industry, does a weekly radio show, and uh, I was fortunate enough to be a guest on it this past weekend. And one of the questions that I fielded was, uh, somebody needed to start two players between, uh, it was like, Marlon Mack, Trent Sherfield, Daniel Bellinger, uh, and there was one other that was just like, bleh. And, and we both said, Bob and I said, yeah, I don't think I'd start Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack had 15, uh, 15 <laughs> rushing yards, 62 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Uh, one really big, huge play. So to that caller, I apologize for not telling you to start Marlon Mack. We're not starting Marlon Mack again, though, right? This was, just, this was just a thing that happened. This isn't something we can hang our hat on. Yeah, I'm not starting Marlon Mack. I'm not picking up Marlon Mack unless I'm in a super deep, deep league, which it sounds like that caller was. What I think this does is I think this makes Latavius Murray unusable as well because you're going to have Murray, Mike Boone, and Marlon Mack splitting reps on, on the league's worst offense. At, at that point, you just have to avoid it, I would say. Yeah, it was, uh, it was Mike Boone 
Marlon Mack, Trent Sherfield, and Daniel Bellinger were the four options. I, I would have probably trusted Mike Boone over Marlon yeah, Mack. We, 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 you know, I, I said Sherfield and Bellinger. Bob said Boone and Bellinger. We both said Marlon Mack's not the answer. <laughs> and uh, we were wrong. So uh, apologies there. Jerry Judy, though, talked about him. The huge game. Three receiving touchdowns there. In fact, that means Russ threw three touchdowns in the game after we were, you know, on – Touchdown to toilet watch. Uh, that gap has closed significantly. But does this mean we're back in on Jerry Judy? Are we excited? Now, obviously, Brett Rippon pending. But but does this mean we ha- can have faith in Judy again? Uh, I it, it, Maybe if Russell Wilson's able to play next week against the Cardinals. But I, I don't want to go with Brett Rippon throwing the ball to, to Judy. It was a great moment for Judy, who honestly could have been ejected before any of those yes. touchdowns because he like lost his mind ran into a referee but then it I don't know it like super saiyaned him because he went out <laughs> and caught three touchdowns after that good for him but this seems like one of those games where next week you'll chase the points and he'll have a normal Jerry Judy game where he gives you like eight fantasy points that's sort of the fear there so I'm not in on him and especially if it's if it's Brett Rippin at quarterback, I think I'm I'm out on Jerry Judy. Speaking of going Super Saiyan, Evan <laughs> Ingram, my goodness. And he's the guy that I had written up several times this year as a sleeper in the sleepers column. But, you know, I'm thinking, you know, Evan Ingram gets you a good day. He's like, hey, he gets you 15 points. And that's a huge day for him. He went out and got you 39.2 fantasy points. And we talked about Trevor Lawrence and what this means. The Jags offense, these pass catchers are really making plays. And now this – I mean, not only are they fun to watch, but they're actually kind of explosive, too. Yeah, and I think next week, again, the floor is low with an Evan Ingram, but the ceiling we're seeing is very high. Is a touchdown in two straight games. He's got 22 targets in his last two games combined. Um, obviously, this is going to be his best game of the season, maybe his best game of his career, but... The Cowboys are a matchup where I think the Jaguars are going to have to throw. Travis Etienne has been struggling. They, the Cowboys are great up front against the run, and they probably might be chasing points against this Cowboys offense. So Evan Ingram, you could do a lot worse at tight end, I would say. Absolutely. I do wonder how Giants fans feel about this, watching Evan Ingram just go bananas down in Jacksonville. Probably not great. Probably not great. Probably not great at all. Those are the guys who lifted you up. How about the guys who let you down? It's time for our biggest disappointments of the week. And who broke your heart this week? DeAndre Swift, because I said I don't know how many times last week that if DeAndre Swift is getting 20 opportunities in a given week, he is a must start. And he had 20 the week before. And then he went out and he had just 10 opportunities, finished with 39 yards, played only 34% of the snaps. Uh, Justin Jackson was heavily used again, playing a third of the snaps. Jamal Williams didn't go away. It's just frustrating because it looked like DeAndre Swift was healthy again and we could trust this guy. And now he feels like the ultimate tease in fantasy. And it's someone that... I don't know if you can start him with much confidence moving forward. It's so weird that, that you know, you say that because my, my disappointment was Jamal Williams. <laughs> because WTF Lions, what was happening with them on Sunday? Jamal Williams, who had been great all season long. He was the, the touchdown leader. You could count him when they got near the goal line. But on Sunday, we didn't see much of Jamal Williams in that offense either. I mean, he finishes the day with just 3.7 fantasy points, the 37 rush yards, no targets, doesn't get a sniff of the end zone. You mentioned Justin Jackson scores a touchdown. It was weird is that the Lions seem to get touchdowns to a whole lot of like that helps no one all stars, <laughs> right? It was Justin Jackson. I think Josh Reynolds had yep. a touchdown in that game. So like your stars, right? Your your DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, they don't find the end zone. All these other guys do. 
Meanwhile, you have the Eagles. They're just feeding all their guys, right? <laughs> Miles Sanders scores. A.J. Brown, you get a touchdown. Devonta Smith, you get a touchdown. Jalen Hurts running in for a score. Like, Nick Sirianni, you get it. We appreciate you. Dan Campbell, we got to have a talk, man, because, like, this is just not – I mean, I'm glad you won. You guys are in the hunt. You're fun to watch again. But, like, throw us a bone, right? We can, One hand washes the other. We can all get along. Everybody can have some fun if you just, you know, give it to your good players and let them score touchdowns as well. Clearly, there were mistakes made over the weekend. Let's get to a few of them sent by fans to us at NFL Fantasy. So let's start with this first tweet. This one from Brock. Playing Noah Fant instead of Dawson Knox. You know what? I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, that was kind of a coin flip to me. Yeah, I, I would play, like, Knox next week if you made the playoffs and have the same decision, but I can't, I can't beat you up too much on that. Like, Knox has been very frustrating this season yeah. to have in fantasy. He really has. I mean, last year he definitely scored a lot of touchdowns, which helped him. He's not doing that this year. So, you know, look, between Dawson Knox and Noah Fant, you just kind of pick a name out of a hat, and that was the one you started. And, unfortunately, it was Dawson Knox that scored the touchdown, and Noah Fant didn't do anything. But, you know, I don't think you were completely crazy by making that decision. Next one. This comes from Tommy. DJ Moore over J.K. Dobbins likely cost me the playoffs. That hurts, but again, I don't think that was bad process there. Not, I would have done the exact. I'll take the DJ Moore L this week as well. I was like with Sam Darnold against a, in a good match against the Seahawks. I expected better. He went out and did nothing. Unfortunately, it cost you the playoffs, but because J.K. Dobbins looks like he's in a really good spot next yeah, Speaking week. Of, of teams not giving it to their best players to score touchdowns, the Panthers... I think Shy Smith caught a touchdown. Raheem, I thought he was DJ Moore because he was wearing DJ Moore's old number. Uh, Raheem Blackshear scored a rushing touchdown when I thought it was like a Deontay Foreman week. But, again, DJ Moore had been playing well with Sam Darnold. The matchup seemed good. J.K. Dobbins was coming back over injury. So, I understand, Tommy. Yeah, that, was not, that was not a bad process there. It just didn't work out. Next tweet. Trenton starting ETN over literally anyone else. Yeah, I don't know. Travis Etienne had been hard to get away from. The ma I didn't love the matchup. I'll say that. I did not love the matchup, but I also understood starting him. It's just hard to get away from him right yeah, now. Yeah, with six teams on by especially. I, what I get upset about is that, look, Doug Peterson is doing a lot right in Jacksonville, but I just wish they would throw the ball more to Travis Etienne because he's very good as a pass catcher. But no matter what any of these coaches that we're angry about, Zach Taylor's number one for this week for not <laughs> playing T. Higgins. That was just, yeah, the whole T. Higgins thing, man. People are going to be salty about that like, for a long I, I time. I truly believe the league needs to start finding coaches who manipulate the – because otherwise we're just leading fantasy managers astray. Fantasy managers, folks who live in the desert, you know what I mean? <laughs> just the, the whole thing. But starting ETN, starting ETN, yeah. not a bad thought process. The matchup was bad, and I figured he would give you more than he actually did. Last one is from Grant Cummings, who says, thinking Kyron Williams was actually going to take over the Rams' backfield this week. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> just, look, I mean, look, who knows? Cam Akers was left for dead. He scored two touchdowns. But then you're like, okay, but yeah, is that was just a thing or whatever. And I just – I can't figure out – I can't figure out Sean McVay's I, line of thinking. I would want to stay as far away from that backfield if possible. But if you're really desperate and you have to trust the Rams running back, it, it at least looks like right now Cam Akers is the guy. But, again – Take that with a grain of salt. Spoiler alert. I, I'm in the very early stages of putting together my list of sleepers for the weekend. Cam Akers right now is on the list. <laughs> I get it. He's got I may, a good matchup. I may regret that by the time the week is over, but, but he's there for the time being. 
Those were the guys who hurt your heart. Next up, we're going to have some guys that maybe can lift your spirits uh, heading through the fantasy playoffs. We're going to talk some waiver wire picks after the break on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Let's take a look at some of the top waiver wire targets for the week. Florio, take us through the list. Brock Purdy, who gets a good matchup on Thursday night against the Seahawks. My top streamer this week would be Mike White, who gets the Detroit Lions next Sunday. And then Jared Goff, I don't love him this week against the Jets, but if you're looking down the road beyond week 15. J.K. Dobbins, I know he's avail- uh, just in like 40% of NFL.com leagues, but I wanted to highlight him just to check, make people sure people check he's out there. Zonovan Knight in a good matchup next week against the Lions. Jarek McKinnon, who gets the Texans next week. And then Chuba Hubbard, just to have a backup for Deontay Foreman on your roster. Some receivers, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who went off this past week. Jamison Williams, who is getting healthier and healthier. Chris Moore, who's playing the wide receiver one role in Houston. And Elijah Moore, because the Jets lost Corey Davis this past week as well. And then some tight ends, Evan Ingram, who we've talked about a lot. Greg Dolchik, uh, who gets the Arizona Cardinals. And then Chig Okonkwo, uh, who's been playing really well and gets a good matchup against the Chargers. Yeah, you talk about Greg Dolchik, I mean, just like cardinals that's kind of all you need to say with that one by the way if you want more in-depth analysis on some of the waiver wire options go check out matt okada's weekly waiver wire column it's at nfl.com slash waiver wire but let's dive into some of these guys you mentioned jared goff not a great matchup this week against the jets he had a big game on sunday against the vikings back to playing well again we talked about the jaguars offense picking it up so is the lions uh, at this point so jared goff though Maybe down the line, some fantasy value in the playoffs there. Yeah, down the line. Um, (laughs) um, Jared Goff, look, remember we were talking about home road splits for Kirk Cousins? Mm -hmm. Jared Goff takes him to an extreme. He's yet to score 15 fantasy points on the road. Meanwhile, he scored over 15 in every home game this year. Uh, This is a road game for him against a really tough Jets defense. Again, I would look to avoid him this week, but... If you have the buy, or maybe you're just streaming quarterbacks looking ahead, he gets the Panthers in week 16 and then a home game against the Bears in championship week. So I definitely think there's times when you can use him down the road. It's just not this week. It's weird. Jared Goff has kind of bookended the season, right? He came out of the gates hot, sort of went away from him. And now late in the season, we're turning our attention back to Jared Goff again. We're also turning our attention to Jamison Williams, which, look, if you want to take another victory lap, I'm totally down with that right now. One was enough, I'll, I'll okay, say. Okay, we'll, we'll settle with one. <laughs> but Jamison Williams, he's slowly working his way back into the offense, getting himself back into shape. And as you mentioned last week, the floor is low. That's something to keep in mind. But we've seen that he can be a big play threat. So it means that there's always a chance for a double-digit day for him. Yeah, because exactly what he did yesterday, one catch, but it was a 41-yard touchdown. Uh, and then... The thing is, Dan, like he only played 19% of the snaps yesterday, but Dan Campbell uh, last week said they're going to bring him along like they did cornerback Jerry Jacobs, who came back from a torn ACL. And with Jacobs, his first two weeks, he barely saw the field. Week three, he played over half the snaps. And then like that fourth week on, he was just kind of set 
freeze. So I think this week we could see a big jump in snaps. I don't love Jamison Williams on the road in a tough matchup against the Jets. But those final two weeks, if he plays a lot of snaps next week, I think you can trust him in those final two weeks. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they bring him along. But uh, we know the talent is there. Just need him to get healthy and be kind of integrated into the offense. Chuba Hubbard, I mentioned the Panthers, and, and I thought this was going to be a big Deontay Foreman week. They sort of used him late in that game, but it was a lot of Chuba Hubbard. Had the touchdown, uh, had three catches as well. So, I mean, I don't know if I can figure out this backfield, but Chuba Hubbard should be added in leagues. He is not a player I would want to start, but yeah, I, I agree. He's someone I want on my roster just in case of an injury or anything like that. This is the time of the year where bye weeks are now officially behind us. Uh, so you, you don't need as much depth at running back and receivers like one backup in case of injury or, or tough matchups is probably enough, meaning that you have a couple of more leeway, some leeway with those final bench spots and having your handcuffs is important this time of year in case of an injury you don't want your playoff opponent now to have your backups new the new starter because you're you're one of your running backs get hurt exactly what that is now the other fear is that Raheem Blackshear somehow sneaks in there and takes some touches but I think for the most part this is a Hubbard and Foreman backfield there talked about Chico Conquo a couple of times we don't have to spend a lot of time on it here but getting a lot of opportunity and I mean we'll see what happens with Traylon Burks but Look, we need tight ends. He's a playmaking tight end, so he's another guy that I think if you're streaming uh, could have some some value for fantasy managers. Yeah, at least five targets in three straight games. Uh, he is a playmaker. He has multiple like multiple catches of over 40 yards this season. Not many tight ends can say that. And then his schedule, he gets the Chargers, the Texans, and the Cowboys. Like It's a pretty favorable schedule as well. Yeah, absolutely, and he had a helmet catch. Not quite a David Tyree-level helmet catch, but uh, kind of a fun helmet catch nonetheless. Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, yesterday we had kind of a limited uh, Amari Cooper, but DPJ, who I liked as a sleeper, eight catches, 114 yards, 19 fantasy points against the Bengals. And the quarterback change here I think has a lot to do with this because now you have a guy who, even if Deshaun Watson's still working his way back, he does give you more of a vertical option than you had with Jacoby Brissett. And that's exactly the case. The ceiling, I just think, is much higher. And DPJ has been very reliable for fantasy this season, uh, but he's been more of like a floor type of guy. But we know that he brings high upside as a field stretcher here. Now he's got a quarterback who, again, he's still working his way back, but... Deshaun Watson, just watching him and the numbers he put up this past week, he obviously took a step in the right direction from what he was a week ago. Uh, DPJ, definitely someone that uh, you, you could stream the rest of the way. Yeah, if you were in a deep league or maybe need some wide receiver help or whatever, then uh, DPJ should be considered there. If you're adding guys, it means you got to be dropping guys. So let's take a look at some players you can drop. I don't need to spend a ton of time on it, but who are you saying goodbye to? Derek Carr, who had been playing well up until this past week, then he scored fewer than three fantasy points. And now you look at his schedule. He gets the Patriots this week. That's a game I would try to get away from him in. Then he gets the Steelers on the road. I, I don't love that matchup. The Steelers' defense is much different when Fitzpatrick and Watt are out there. And then the Niners to end the season. So three tough matchups to end the year for a player that his ceiling is like 20 fantasy points at the quarterback position. There's better options out there. Definitely a lot of better options out there at quarterback. And for me, Tyler Conklin, who started the year hot and has really just continually faded as we've gone later into the season. And I don't know that the change to Mike White helps him out. It's helped uh, Garrett Wilson. It's helped Elijah Moore. I don't think it really has had the same effect for Tyler Conklin. He's much more of a short passing game option, kind of an extended handoffs guy. He doesn't also give you the yards after catch that you get with, say, some of the other tight ends like 
George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, etc. So the floor has gotten a lot lower. The ceiling was never particularly high. I think if you're looking to stream tight ends, there are better options out there than Tyler Conklin. NFL Plus is here, which means no matter where you are, this is how you football. You can stream live, local, and primetime games on your phone or tablet, 45-minute game replays with NFL Plus Premium, and more. This is the NFL for every fan. This is football freedom. This is your game on the go. Go to plus.nfl.com and sign up now. We got some fantasy playoff ride or dies. These are the guys that we would have in our lineups no matter what because the matchups are good, because they are good, and we think these guys are going to help you on your way to winning a fantasy title this year. So we got five of them all together. Florio, who is the first one for you? Garrett Wilson, who had a really funny moment yesterday when they were like, hey, your coach says you're going to play the Bills again, and he's like, I don't really know the schedule, but I thought this was the final time we play them (laughs) this year. Uh, But... I know he disappointed a little bit yesterday. He's still clearly the focal point of the Jets passing game with Mike White especially. And then to end the season, he gets the Lions who give up a bunch of production to receivers, the Jaguars who give up a bunch of production through the air, and the Seahawks who they've been struggling as well against receivers. So I I think Garrett Wilson, who's been up and down a lot this year, he's going to get hot. He's going to win some people their fantasy leagues. I think it's funny that, I mean, I'm sure players don't know the schedule the way that we do because they literally are looking one week at a time and they're (laughs) probably looking at names of opponents, just numbers and positions. Like they they aren't studying this the same way we are because they don't have to. For me, Jonathan Taylor. And we've talked over and over this season about how you probably spent the number one overall pick in your league on Jonathan Taylor and he has let you down from that perspective. But the schedule the rest of the way is so good for him. He's got the Vikings. He's got the Chargers. They've been bad against the run pretty much all year long. The Giants recently have started to get gashed on the ground. We saw that with Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts running the football effectively on Sunday. So this is an opportunity for Jonathan Taylor to really sort of get right, especially in an offense that is struggling to protect its quarterback uh, that's having issues along the offensive line. I think the way to sort of do that is let your big, bruising, talented running back get the football, let him let him run it at the opposition a little bit, uh, and then try to prosper that way. So Jonathan Taylor, while he may not have been the guy you thought you were drafting, could be the guy that ends up, in the end, kind of helping you win a championship. Uh, next one on your list there. I'm going to go with another rookie here because it's been a theme in, re- in past years where a rookie will get hot late and really win people championships. And Christian Watson is well on his way to doing so. He's a must-start option. We know that. He brings so much big playability with what he can do uh, downfield as a field stretcher, what he could do after the catch, and what he could do in the red zone as their go-to guy there. But then you look at his schedule. He gets the Rams next week. That They've really been struggling as of late on defense. Then the Dolphins in what could be a high-scoring game. And then the Vikings and what is probably the best matchup for a wide receiver right now. We just saw every wide receiver outside of Amon Ross St. Brown score a touchdown <laughs> against them yesterday. So, Christian Watson, if you have him right now, obviously you know to start him, but his upside is so high and those matchups are so good that I think he can lead a lot of people to a championship. I mean, it's come a long way from that drop in week one when everybody sort of pointed and laughed and wondered what the Packers were doing. Since then, nothing but greatness for Christian Watson. I'm going to stay in that same division, but I'm going to go over to the Minnesota Vikings. And I like Dalvin Cook down the stretch. And he's another running back that you probably spent a high draft pick on who has sort of underwhelmed to this point in the season. But a lot like Jonathan Taylor, the matchups are really good for him. He's got the Colts, he's got the Giants, and he's got the Packers in championship week. So not only is that a big game with a defense that has struggled against the run, 
For the Vikings, it could mean a lot because they are very much trying to jockey for seeding. We'll see if maybe do they land, do they do they still compete for a two seed and a buy in that first week of the playoffs? We'll see. So these games are going to mean a lot for Minnesota. We know Justin Jefferson is going to be fine, but I think they're going to have to get Dalvin Cook going on the ground as well. And these are the kind of games where you can see it happen. So maybe we see Cook really start to turn up in the last few weeks of the fantasy campaign. One last one as a bonus. Uh, who's your ride or die for this last one? Justin Herbert, who for the last couple of weeks we've been saying like he's gonna, he has the potential to make up for his early season woes by getting hot and potentially leading people to championships. And in the last month, he's averaged 21.5 fantasy points per game. He's thrown for at least 330 yards in two straight games. It's remarkable how different this offense can look when the people who are getting paid to be their top playmakers are actually healthy and on the field at the same time. And then next week he gets the Titans, who you could throw all over. Then he gets the Colts, who I know they've been tough on receivers, but you could still uh, he, he could have success against them. And then the Rams, who again have been struggling mightily as of late. I really think Justin Herbert, we're going to forget about what he did early on in the middle of the season when he was hurt and all of his playmakers are hurt because people who have him and who who stuck with him are going to be too busy winning their fantasy leagues. Side note, I just like the fact that the Rams and Chargers play each other since they both share the same stadium. I just think it's kind of fun. It's sort of yeah. like, like when the Lakers and Clippers play and you know one of them gets to be the home team, but they both are in their locker rooms. I know it doesn't mean anything. I'm just weird like that. I think it's cool. Anyway, those are our ride or dies for the fantasy playoffs. Start them and prosper. You can thank us for it later. Saturday football returns to the NFL on December 17th. And NFL Network is your home for an exclusive triple header. The Colts take on the Vikings at 1 p.m. Eastern, followed by Ravens-Browns at 4 p.m. Then a huge divisional showdown in prime time as the Dolphins battle the Bills at 8 p.m. Eastern. It's a big-time triple header all day next Saturday, only on NFL Network and streaming on NFL+. Time to close out the show with our Madden Movers, where we think uh, we... We think there are some players that deserve a boost on the digital side of things because of what they did this past weekend. So we'd like to just show some folks some love. So for you, who's the first guy who deserves a video game bump? Zay Jones. Look, he's an 80 right now. And I, I think a lot of people might say that's fair. But then you saw what he did this past week, catching the touchdown, getting the toes in. Uh, he had 12 targets this past week. He is at least 10 in three of his last four games, and in that other game, he has seven. So he is getting so much safe, consistent volume that I think you need to start him. Like next week, unless I get the bye, fingers crossed, I'm going to have to decide in the league Mike Evans versus Zay Jones, and I'm leaning towards Zay Jones as of right now. Ooh, that's spicy. Not, I mean, but, but not completely crazy, but uh, definitely spicy. You know, it's weird because coming into this year, people made fun of the Jaguars for spending a lot of money to bring in Christian Kirk. They get Zay Jones. Everybody's like, yeah, whatever. He's kind of a journeyman bounced around. But, but these two guys have been really integral to their success this year. So kudos to uh, the Jacksonville front office for doing a good job scouting wide receivers. You know, the weather's getting colder, even in Southern California. It was like you know below 50 degrees when I woke up this morning, which I know there are people in the Midwest who are probably flipping me off right now. That is freezing for here. It's freezing for here. <laughs> it's slow cooker season, right? I like to get out the crock pot. I like to make soups and that sort of thing. Meanwhile, up in the Bay Area, the Brock Pot is cooking. Brock <laughs> Purdy had himself a day. 
threw for two touchdowns, ran for one more, and just slow-cooked Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in a big win for the 49ers. He's only a 60 right now. It's because, look, that's because nobody had seen the Brock pot. He had been in the cabinet, tucked away, covering, you know, gathering dust because they hadn't needed to use him. But Kyle Shanahan brought him out. He's cooking up some, some nice ingredients there, just slow sautéing opponents there with the Brock pot. So I think, I think he deserves some love. Who knows? Who knows what, what happens if he keeps this rolling? He's got a big game on Thursday night. But for now, he's hot. Let the dude cook. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, he definitely deserves a boot. I mean, he's on a Super Bowl favorite right now. He deserves – plus, speaking of slow cookers, yeah. I don't get any of the credit, but yesterday for like eight hours, Nicolette had pulled pork in the, in oh. the crock pot, and it just smelt amazing while watching football. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I should have come by your house yesterday. We got leftovers. Oh, sweet. <laughs> I'm going to be by later. Uh, who else <laughs> deserves a Madden bump this week? I think Chris Moore deserves a bump. And a lot of you might be like, who? And, and I understand <laughs> why, because he's not a big name or a player that we've really been talking up at any point this season. But he went out yesterday, had 11 targets, caught 10 of them for 124 yards. And this isn't like it came out of absolute nowhere. Chris Moore's had a couple of big games this season. Uh, like he had another game where... He had a touchdown, uh, but the whole thing is like Nico Collins is is banged up right now. Who knows if we see Brandon Cooks at all again this season? So in their place, someone has to catch the ball, and he is the Texans' wide receiver one right now. Yeah, it was weird because uh, Jeff Driscoll threw a touchdown, and I was like, I had to Google where Jeff Driscoll was. I, I didn't know who he was playing for. Him he threw a yeah. touchdown to Amari Rogers, and I'm like, I don't know what team those guys play for right now. <laughs> it it makes me question what we were doing with Kyle Allen because at least Jeff Driscoll can run, right? Yeah, I don't know. But but Chris Moore did have himself a day. And, uh, you know, if there is no Nico Collins this week or Brandon Cooks, then he very much is back in play for fantasy managers. I'm going to go with Marquise Goodwin because, look, we were excited to see uh, DK Metcalf, you know, work through an injury and get out there and play. Tyler Lockett had a nice day. But Marquise Goodwin got you 20 fantasy points, sort of out of nowhere. And so he deserves some love there because the Seahawks uh, have been a really good, fun team to watch offensively. We know what Geno Smith has done. Ken Walker, when he's been healthy, has been outstanding. And yeah, sure, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, they do their thing. But to see Marquise Goodwin, who, by the way, uh, has Olympic-level track and field talent, uh, get out there and make some plays, that was very cool. So he's a 75 overall. I should check to see what his speed score is because I would imagine it's pretty high. But either way, he deserves a bump. Uh, after this past week the best part about everything that Marquise Goodwin has done this week and you know he's been contributing is that like it's not like he's eating into Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf's production like kudos to Gino as well like he's keeping everyone afloat right now that is kind of amazing didn't think that would happen and just to think that this team was going to try to roll with Drew Locke this year had everything broken the way Pete Carroll was hoping Just a reminder, it's week 15 pretty much, so hopefully you know this by now. But if you subscribe to one of our shows, you get all five of them. That's the NFL Fantasy Football Show, the Q&A Show, the Stardom Sit'em Show, and you can, of course, find us streaming in the NFL Fantasy app on the NFL Fast channels and at youtube.com slash NFL Fantasy Football. By the way, you can also check out NFL Fantasy Game Day on Sunday mornings as well. That is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, some people are so judgmental. You can tell by just looking at them. Be safe, take care of yourselves, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.